You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Lacrosse Boots. Now, if you haven't heard yet, uh, this is me telling you, you need to take a look at the new boots from Lacrosse, and they fall under the Navigator series. Now, what they've done is they've taken the best parts of a rubber boot and the best parts of your traditional hiking and hunting boot, and they've mashed them together to come up with this new line of boots from lacrosse and that is the navigator series now they have the women's wind rows they have the men's wind rows and then they have the atlas the atlas series within that as well so go to lacrossefootwear.com and check out this new line of boots that they have i've been using mine for a couple weeks now and i am very impressed with the the fit and the feel and i can't wait to get them in the woods this hunting season and uh, give them a trial run so lacrossefootwear.com check them out welcome to the southern ground hunting podcast i'm your host parker mcdonald and this is episode number 48 Today, for the first time ever, I've got my wife in the studio with me, and she is recording this podcast called The Confessions of a Deer Season Widow. A lot of you married guys probably already understand that, but what we're going to talk about is kind of her thoughts on how to have a healthy balance between chasing bucks and pursuing an awesome marriage life. This is the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. This is episode number 48, and today we have a little bit interesting of an episode. Um, My wife is going to be joining me live, not on on the line. She's actually going to be in the studio with me recording this episode, and we're talking about um, how to have a healthy marriage and also be a good deer hunter, which is two very hard things to do at the same time. So... Um, I'm, I'm titling this podcast. I think it's going to be the confessions of a deer season widow. And, uh, I know a lot of your wives can probably relate to that. And, uh, I know we have a lot of women who listen to this podcast too. So, um, this could be a great podcast for anybody to listen to, for you or your wife to listen to. Before we get into it, I want to ask if you would please go subscribe to the Sportsman's Nation YouTube channel. We have, um, a couple new videos from Kentucky that were uploaded on there and they're doing really well a lot of people are really enjoying them we are actually right now as i'm speaking we're at 2300 subscribers which is incredible um, especially considering we were only at like a thousand in like february so in the off season it has more than doubled in subscribers on that channel it's not where we want it to be at but it is definitely doing very good so if you're not subscribed there go and do that we've got a lot of great content that's going to be coming down the line this season um while you're listening to this, I'm going to be in, uh, not Kentucky, I'll be in Tennessee hunting on some public land in Tennessee, and I'll also be hunting their opener, which is going to be a blast. I'm pretty excited about that. Um, so there's definitely going to be some videos from Tennessee there. Um, yeah, so go do that. Go subscribe to the Sports Nation channel. You can also check us out on Facebook at Southern Ground Hunting, and on Instagram, that's at Southern Ground Hunting, hunting all lowercase, all one word. And, um, yeah, leave us a review on, uh, on iTunes. We'd love it. Five-star review, always the best, and uh, we'd love it if you did that. So 
I think you're going to like this episode. It was a fun episode. It's definitely different. And um, my wife did a great job, and it was a lot of fun to record with her. So hopefully you guys enjoy this. All right. We have something very special today. I have got the most special guest I've ever had on the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. That is my lovely wife, Hallie. Hallie, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. That's good. It's good to have you on the show today. It's great to be here. (laughs) (laughs) So today the episode is going to be called Confessions of a Deer Season Widow. Yes. Can you relate to that? Yes, 100%. (laughs) So when I asked Hallie about doing this episode today, she was kind of like, um, okay. (laughs) So why did you, why were you nervous about coming on? Because to talk and it was just, uh. You know the kind of people that are listening to this right now too, right? Men? Yep. A bunch of, like, burly, public land hunting, southern men. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, because that ain't you. No. But I think everybody's going to enjoy this one. So, um, the reason why I... Yeah, they will. The reason why I wanted to have my wife on here is because she knows perhaps better than anyone what it is like to suffer from being... Uh, I don't want to say widowed. That's not a good... Mm-mm. You're not widowed. We have a... Maybe like separated. Mm. <laughs> uh, maybe don't put that in there. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Uh, <laughs> but we... we I think we have a, a, a... I'll say we have a better balance than a lot of people. We're learning. We're learning how to yes. navigate deer season. Mm-hmm. Because it is a huge priority for me. Mm-hmm. I was actually listening to uh, my buddy Alex Comstock at White and Tail DNA. He was he put out a video I think today that said um, it was like the three rules of shooting mature bucks, and it was like one of them was prioritize it in your life. Another one was uh, focus on it all year long, and then the other one was accept failure. And I was thinking, yeah, the other one is maybe don't get married. (laughs) Yes. If that's like, if that's really what you want to do with your life is shoot big bucks, it does require a lot. And so I, I, I try to shoot big bucks and I try to stay married. It's possible. It is, it is humanly possible. Yes. But it is difficult. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about this. When did you realize? That this was going to be a challenge. Like from the beginning of our marriage? When, no. When did you realize <laughs> that deer hunting was going to be a challenge for you um, for our relationship? Oh, when you were gone so much? Like what? at what point? Were we dating? Were we married? No, because when we dated, I did. You were chasing me. You weren't chasing deer. I was chasing tail. Uh, no, but yes, different kind of tail. Exactly. And I did not know that you were as um, into the hunting thing as you were. It was like secretive. It wasn't a secret. Um, you just took me out once into a porta potty. 
Yeah. So <laughs> you got to have some context for that for you guys listening. It sounds creepy. Uh, I was on a hunting club here in Alabama, and one of the deer blinds shooting houses there was actually an old porta potty that was. And I um, thought it was romantic. I mean, really, at that point in time. <laughs> that was well. We didn't set the stand the bar too high <laughs> there early on. Um, I would say though that 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 year or there was a couple of years right there. Um, Right before we got married, when I I didn't hunt nearly as much. Yeah, at the beginning you didn't. I remember it got intense when you would wake up at the butt crack of morning and you would have your camo on and then you'd have your work clothes on Mm -hmm. underneath it. And I thought... That was our first year of marriage. Yes. And I, I thought, this is pretty intense, but, you know. So... And then it just got more. So part of the reason for that... Was because that was the only the, our first year of marriage was, uh, it was that was a rough season for me because that was the only season I think since the time I've started deer hunting that I didn't shoot a deer and I hunted a lot. It wasn't that I wasn't out there. I was out there a, a lot. A lot. And yes. I, I want to say I only maybe saw one or two deer while in the woods that season. And so that first year of marriage for me was kind of the catalyst of okay, I can't just <clears throat> I can't just sit here and expect deer to come to greenfields and expect deer to come to mm-hmm. whatever you had out there or anything like that. Like I, I hunted a little bit of pump public land that year, just trying to figure out a way to kill a deer. I hunted people would invite me because they just felt bad for me. <laughs> to really good places and I would not see a deer. That's the only season I've ever not killed a deer. And so whenever I finished that season out, it was like something clicked in my head of, I don't ever want to do that again. I'm going to go through any, anything possible to never not kill a deer again. And that's when it really kind of really took off. Set you on fire. Yeah. It set me on like a, like this, that's my mission every year is like, I'm not going to not kill a deer this year. Cause that was one of the most miserable years. I mean, like it was our first year of marriage. So that was great. Should, yeah. That should be awesome. That was awesome. But as far as deer hunting goes, like it is important to me. And it was, it was really difficult for me to end the season knowing that I did not do, I just wasted a whole bunch of time. Mm-hmm. I didn't learn anything. I learned nothing. You know, because I was just going and sitting in in blinds and sitting over green fields and stuff like that. I learned absolutely nothing. I was just wasting time. I was wasting my time and I was wasting your time. Well, but you would get up at like 4 a.m. So you didn't waste a ton of my time. Right. But I would also go in the evenings. And uh, so I would say that may be the year. And then we moved to Texas where I couldn't Mm -hmm. really hunt that much, but I did hunt. But I then I shot a deer. Yeah, you shot a deer that next year, our second year of marriage. You shot your first deer. Um, golly, I'm making all kinds of noise. You shot your first deer, and I shot two deer that season, maybe? I think I shot two. I think I shot an eight-point and a doe, if I'm not mistaken. And then you killed a doe. Yeah. So that was our second year of marriage. And in Texas, guys, listening to this, some of you may be from Texas. Uh, some of you may not quite understand what the hunting is like in Texas. In Texas, it's uh, in, there's public land 
in some places, like in East Texas and um, like Southeast Texas, there's there's a little bit of public land, but it's the majority of the land there is is private and it's very expensive to hunt. It's expensive to get on a lease. Um, what I did, I could not afford to get on a lease, so I paid for a hunt um, in a place in the hill country of Texas, and I ended up making great friends with the guy who owned the property and doing some graphic design for him in trade for getting to go out and hunt his property. And I went out um, by myself once and killed a doe, um, and then me and Dad went out there, and I killed an eight-point, and Dad killed a little buck out there. And then, I'm trying to think, then then we got connected with the guy where you killed your mm-hmm. your deer at, and that was a that was a great contact. But sadly, we only lived there for a year, right there. Yeah. And so that was good. And then Georgia. Yes. Then Georgia happened, and Georgia, for me, was probably the catalyst of, holy cow, this is consuming me Mm -hmm. I would say and I think everybody probably a lot of you guys listen to this and I hope a lot of you will uh let your let your wives listen to this too because um it could help you it it really could help you in the long run um having your wives listen to this and they may think that everything that Hallie says is bullcrap is (laughs) bullcrap but (laughs) hopefully not but it's not I'm telling you it's it's not I'm just being honest yeah I I told her to be I told her to come on here and be as honest as she possibly could be Mm. Um, even though I'm standing right here to be as honest as she possibly could be. So Georgia, um, is when I killed my biggest deer ever. Um, still to this day, I killed more big bucks in Georgia than I have ever killed. And that kind of got me lit on fire. And then we moved back to Alabama, started doing the public land thing. And that's when it really just, it was done because public land takes up. Did you notice a difference in me whenever I started hunting public land? Versus when I hunted private like land. Like the amount of time that you were gone? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, you were gone a lot. It just it just And we lived time. out in Timbuktu, so that... Yeah, we lived in the country back then. On the opposite side of the county from where the nearest public land is at. It was terrible. So I was driving about an hour and a half usually to get there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes three or four times a week to get there. So I was getting up at early two o'clock in the morning because I was kayaking so I had to kayak as well a mile or two and it was just it was just, I mean it got to be consuming but not only just during the season it was during there's no off season right. now at this point yeah there it's is there all is the time it is all the time but at the same time one of the things that I've done is I've really kind of I don't fish very much like I don't do right. anything else like used to I would fish during the summer mm-hmm. turkey hunt in the spring uh, deer hunt in the fall. Now I've I still turkey hunt in the spring, but I don't really fish much in the summer. It doesn't really get me. You going. fished a lot in Georgia. In Georgia, I fish a lot. Not now. Yeah, I don't now. So that that's a good thing. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a you really. It's a bank account system. Yes. Right. Deposits mm-hmm. and withdrawals. Mm-hmm. And I have tried to deposit more than a withdrawal um and I, I try to deposit more in the summer so that way i can withdraw a little bit more in the fall yes but i don't always do that i don't always do that well well and that's why you're we're still learning not yeah you, we are. That's why we're still learning. <laughs> so 
Uh, is this something you imagined for yourself whenever you were a little girl dreaming about your Prince Charming that was going to come and steal you away? I will tell you this. In high school, I used to have a crush like on the guys that wore um, camo, and I was like, ooh, that's cool. And my brother had friends that liked to hunt and stuff, and I was like, ooh, that's, mm. But then I married a hunter, and I was like, holy crap. This is way more intense than what I... I think they just wore camo because it looked cool. Yeah, I mean, most of them maybe have deer hunted once like, or twice. Like, they had the jacket, you they know, like the, and they then... They like the look. Yes. Jacked up trucks, can of snuff, and yes. the dash, beat up Wranglers, well, country yeah. music. In Florida, yeah, I guess. Listen to Luke Bryan, which totally just ruined the whole thing. Yeah, that... Mm-mm. Carhartt jackets. <laughs> yes, and the t-shirts. and yep. Yeah. But I never thought, like, it would be like this. Well, I'm not that either. No, you're not. I'm you, not that guy. But you, you have swag about you. There's a difference, and I know. Do you think that that fooled you into thinking that you were getting something else? Most definitely. <laughs> okay. So. It was a package wrapped up. To look good, and then and then you get to you start unwrapping it, and I was like, "Ooh, what is this? Oh, and I love it even more." And you found deer hunting, so I love it. So, what would you say to guys who are their wives? We have these conversations often. We had it last week. I think you have to have conversations often because and make sure what tell 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 somebody their wife is pissed at them right now because. They're getting ready for deer season. They're maybe dropping the ball on some honeydews that the wife wants to get done right now. And they're saying, you know what, opening day is next weekend and you're just going to have to get over it. Well, hopefully y'all can talk more gently to each other and not say just get over it because... Well, that's what they're thinking in their head, though. You can think it. You just don't... Don't say it out loud. Don't say it out loud. But I would... I think even during deer season, you can still make time. It's just going to look differently. And when you go into it, because I think with Parker... What if they don't? What if they can't make time? Well, then I would have a talk before deer season open and said, hey, this is what it's going to look like during this time. Set out an expectation or a, you know... Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just tell them, like, this is... This is where I'm going to be, and this time I will try to be. I mean, you still have a family, you still have a wife, you still, so you still, I think, all in all, need to make time. But what about the guy who says, you know what? I work all day, every day to support this family. I work from nine to five. I'm not talking from my perspective, (laughs) I'm talking from the guy that's listening to this, that's asking that question. I work nine to five. The only time I can do anything for myself is on Saturday and Sunday. And on Saturday and Sunday, I'm going to be in the woods hunting deer. Like, what would you What would you say to that guy? Or what would you say to his wife? Mm, I would pray for her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I understand that there is that. You have that Saturday and Sunday to just be out. And it is only a couple months out of the year. Um... But, I mean, if you're going to hunt every weekend in a whole month, you could take at least one day to So, here's what I would say. And spend it might, time with your wife. It might disagree. I might be disagreeing you might, with you. Yeah. 
I probably would disagree with you on this because I also can't speak from that perspective because my job is more flexible. I can mm-hmm. work from home a lot. Um, I can, you know, some days, some weeks I can hunt on a Wednesday morning and not, and don't go on Saturday or something. Right. You know, it just, like I can, I, my job's flexible like that. So I can't really necessarily speak from that perspective. But what I can say is, if that's who you are, if that's who you, how it's going to be, and you're just you, nothing's going to change that, um, even if it's your wife leaving you or being really upset at you, and you know basically um, having a miserable fall because your wife is always upset at you, uh, I would recommend the off season being a time where you deposit into that bank account and then you can withdraw in the fall everybody's going to be different mm-hmm. you know we don't we can't really mean you can't really speak to that 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 much um because we don't have any experience in that like right i, I have a pretty flexible i mean i feel like job. you make time during the week i make time during the week to hang out with y'all and go out to eat and do stuff like that uh, but like whenever it's whenever it's go time, it's gonna be go time. Yeah. That's pretty much. I mean, I've tried to do better at that this year. I think you're better at it now than you were. Yeah, we had the we had Hawk, we had the baby boy, and I knew that things were about to get really hectic and really crazy, and so I just didn't I didn't scout nearly as much as I normally do. Mm-hmm. I didn't go out. You know, doing whatever I wanted to. But I think talking that through, because a woman, from my perspective, you know, in your head you're saying, I'm not going out and I'm not scouting as much as I was last year. She might not realize that you're making those sacrifices. Because in your mind that's a sacrifice, and she might not even realize it. Mm -hmm. So I think communication, I mean, I love when we sit down on the couch and we can – talk about it because when we're done it makes me I understand where you're coming from and you understand where I'm coming from like I feel automatically better because I realized oh I didn't know that he didn't go scouting as much like didn't notice didn't notice right like because like having babies and doing going all the time you don't really realize so I think talking it out is most important and hearing your wife's perspective. And, and when you say talking it out, you're not saying the husband be like, Hey, I've been, no, I, ain't I, even, I ain't even been going no, because I mean I'm trying legit. to help you. Like you actually have to like, like for me, what I, what I don't do is that like, I don't bring it up to you. Like, well, I'm not, I'm not going scouting. So, or I'm not going fishing or yeah i probably wouldn't take i'm not doing well. that or whatever it's usually it's like <laughs> why are you so mad like if i know that if i see that you're upset about something or whatever why are you so mad let's talk what's about wrong? this what's wrong and then i just feel like you like you all you care about is deer hunting and then that gives me the opportunity to say and this is what happened we did this like four weeks ago probably mm-hmm. maybe even less than that uh, it gave it gave me the opportunity to say, I mean, yeah, it's a priority, and you can't like guys, you can't ever just be like, no, you're wrong. I do care about other stuff. A lot of, I mean, I know a lot of you guys are that like, it is a huge priority in your life, and that's okay. 
It is 100% okay for it to be a priority in your life. Some people are that way. Some people don't have the ability to be that way, but it is okay. Like, it's fine. Um, but what you have to do is learn how to navigate it and lead your family and love your family still. And, yeah, because your them. family has to come first because I wouldn't be making deer hunting like I'm going to divorce you over that. Right. Like, if, if she's coming down to the point where it's like that, I would. Okay. All right. Bump. So, get get to the, well, of course you would. (laughs) As a woman, yes. But as a man, you really love it. If it comes, as a man, I'll tell you as a man, and I'm going to speak honestly to you. Okay. Okay. For everybody to hear. As a man who loves to deer hunt, I, if you came to me and said, it's deer hunting or me. That doesn't make you look very good in my eyes. It gives me, it makes me have a, it makes me have a, an ultimatum, which I should never have to, have to have. Maybe it is, hey, look, we need to figure out how to balance deer hunting and me and the kids, but it should never be that. So I want you to talk to, and I can say that because I know you're not ever going to say that, um, but I want you to talk to the ladies to the wives, because I know there's men in here who are like, I think if my wife were given that option to say that, she would probably say it. I want you to talk to their wives for a minute. Encourage them. Um, I think with encouraging um, a, a couple is figuring out that hunting is a major part of what he does, and... You have to prioritize with, like, your load, like your family, your job, all that. The man. The hunter. The hunter. To prioritize because, I mean, like, when we first got married, I didn't realize just how much hunting was a part of your life. Um, But as we progress, I I don't have all the answers because I'm still learning how to also prioritize. And so... I'm realizing that this is your passion. This is what you love to do. And and not I, a lot's going to change that. Right. There's, I mean. There's huge life experiences that could possibly change that. But it would be. If you were to tell me right now that I'm not going to be a hunter when I'm 65 years old. I would say you're crazy. I would laugh at you and say <laughs> you're crazy. Unless something huge happened. If I got hurt in a. In a accident or something like that you know something that made me nervous I feel to do like it. you would still try and figure I, out a way. <laughs> I would probably I, you're right I probably would and probably most of the guys listening to this would would be that exact same way what I'm saying is is that I am it is a part of me like it's it's I was raised in it my dad did it I have so I mean most of my so many of my best memories of my life happened deer hunting yeah. You know, or mm-hmm. doing some type of outdoor activity. So it's, it is a part of me. Like it's in my blood. Mm-hmm. And what I would tell a wife is probably going to be, I mean, you can take it with a grain of salt because I am a husband. So, um, but I, what I would tell a wife is, is to understand that it is a part of him. Like for, for a lot of guys, mo- most of the guys who are listening to hunting podcasts, in their free time. Are loving it. Yeah, yeah. it's probably a, a huge part of, of their life. And 
Um, and the you as a wife, you have to be able to accept the fact that it's a part of him. You have to be able to accept the fact that sometimes he has to get away, and the best place that he knows how to get away is deer hunting. Mm-hmm. I, I know that's that's me. That's how I that's how I get away. It's not a it's not insulting to you or to our kids. I don't mean it. Like I can be my better self when I can get away and go do that for a little bit. This past week is probably an excellent example of that. I went hunting in Kentucky for what eight days mm-hmm. and when y'all came home when I got home it was like like we were we went and hung out a lot like we've done a lot of stuff I spent a lot of time with y'all because I got my well my and time. I think so I'm going to like love languages because mine is words of affirmation and quality time yeah so and that's a good that's a good resource too for couples whether you're whether you believe in Christian faith or not it doesn't really it doesn't really matter. Like these, everybody has love languages, and if you haven't, it, it's called the Five Love Languages yeah. by Gary Chapman, mm-hmm. and uh, and it talks about what you're about to say. Yes, and so the thing, like this, what was it yesterday? Mm-hmm. You went shopping with me, which I know is not like your favorite thing to do, but you were patient. You helped with the babies, like, and that to me, like, filled my tank. And, like, you encouraging or loving, saying, like, oh, you're so pretty or things like that, that fills my love tank up. Like, that encourages me. And so I think I think at the beginning when you were first hunting and really getting into it, like, I was resentful because I didn't understand it. And I think I kind of was bitter towards hunting. I'm like, I just don't get this, like. It wasn't, I didn't come from, from that in my family. Like, my dad didn't do it. So to come into it, like, you have to be open-minded. And I think we have gotten better by, like, what we said, communication. And then with the example of, like, the bank, your, what is it? Deposit. Yes. Deposit and withdrawal. Yes. Like, we're learning that. So I think that has made my mindset better because I know that you need to go out and do this, but we're taking steps to make sure that the other spouse doesn't feel overlooked or, you know. Second. Second. Yeah, pretty much put back seat. Because mm-hmm. I, I would say that you're never second. I might Thank you. I might be thinking about deer hunting and not you at some points. Which is totally life, fine. Which is okay. <laughs> um like I mean, you, the fall, a lot of times during the fall, I, uh, my mind is really focused on like if I'm upset about something, it's usually because I'm trying to figure out wh- why why am I not seeing this buck or why wh- how am I going to balance this work thing that I've got to do and try to hunt this week that's the best week of the season you know I mean usually if I'm in a bad mood that's that's probably what it's what it's focused around I don't really get in a bad mood for a whole lot of other reasons you know and so 
Um, yeah, and you could probably tell your wife that or give her a warning. Yeah, and she can she <laughs> that yeah that's something that you need to figure out. I, and I would also say to save yourself the trouble of a lot of this. A lot of you guys are not married yet. You're maybe engaged or you want to be married one day, and maybe you don't want to be married one day. If that's the case, and you could probably just not listen to this podcast. Yeah. But um, I, I know a lot of guys are her, you know, engaged and whatever. Uh, maybe just go ahead and just kind of come clean on a lot of this. Like, hey, just letting you know, this is this is who I am. It's what I do. Because it's gonna be a whole lot easier for you in the long run if you get that out of the way rather than her figure it out on her own. Yes. Because because <laughs> then that's when a lot of con- like, why did I not know about this? This guy How? tricked me into <laughs> marrying him. Um, it was all a trick. But but things do change when you get married. After like whenever we were first married, I mean, which our our relationship was long distance for the pretty much the whole time. So like, you moved here I think in October. No 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 that's wrong. Mm-mm. No yeah, you moved here in in October. Of that year, I'm pretty sure because we got married in September. You moved okay. here in October, which is the, which is the opener, the opening month of deer season in Alabama is October, and I probably didn't think about. No, you that was stupid. No, you you moved here in August. <laughs> That's I would I can't remember. <laughs> you moved here in August. We got married in September, and then deer season opened in October. I was like, I was trying to think the months. Yeah. I'm like, October is. But honestly, my mind was not even almost on deer hunting. Like it just, it just wasn't. So in the very beginning parts of our marriage, it was, you know, I mean, I didn't really think about it as much. You know, I was, I was just happy to finally have you there, and we were going to spend as much time together, and that's all that I, I, right. I cared about. You know, and then things do, things do change. Things shift, you know, you. Well, and like throwing babies into the mix of everything mm-hmm. and the woman feeling the stress of that and. Yeah, things just, things just change. And um, it was a whole lot easier for me to leave back then too. And you would sleep in and watch TV and you could do whatever you wanted to do. And I was gone and whatever. Now it's a little bit different. Yeah. Kids. So. I mean, definitely, guys, if you're in that situation where, you know, you're about to get married or something like that, just, just communicate. Just sit down. I think, yeah. I, I think that's what it, this all kind of comes back to is communication. Yeah. Communication is the only way that a deer season widow can be reunited yes. effectively at the end of the season to her husband. Because that's really what And has... be happy still has helped it just seems a little easier if we have talks so it's way easier yeah i notice i notice it's easier for me we cannot talk and i say hey i'm going hunting not even think twice about it (laughs) whereas when we have those conversations it kind of eases everybody I can say, hey, you mind if I go deer hunting? Oh, no, go. You can set out a calendar. No, let's not do that. No, yes. And just put legit dates. Like, I'm just going to let you know, these days, I'm not going to be here at all. Yeah, but if you If you've got surprise dates, that's but you fine. you can't do that. Why? 
because I mean most of the guys that are listening to this are um, like more than I mean you're watching weather patterns and uh, wind directions and things still, like that. Still, I mean there you are could some dates. There's some days. dates like like the rut that usually stays fairly constant or consistent. Uh, you've got the opening days. Like you can put some of those, but you can't really do all of them. Well, it was a thought. And if you're a super organized that person, was, it was then cute. it was cute. Then you can go off of that. That was a cute thought, but it, it's not realistic. Okay. <laughs> it's not realistic. Um, so going back to kind of moving away from the engaged couples and communication in that, let's go back to married, married couples. What are some things that I have done, like physically done that made you, um, more inclined to not be upset about deer season? Like, give me some specific examples. Of what you've done? Yeah, just things that I've done. Like going shopping with me yesterday? Yeah, like that. Yeah, I think... So easy. Such an easy thing to do. Going out to eat. Like, just... I don't know, chilling. not being on your phone looking at Facebook hunting pages. Yes, because we know what you're looking at. So. Mm Mm-hmm. It's... Or the weather patterns or whatever you're talking about. What's that map that I know how to read? Yep, Onyx. Yep, that. Yes. Topo maps. You can sit on the couch together close to each other. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes your woman feel good. Or yard work. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. One of the things that I'm not great at. That is not a specific example because I'm not good at that. That was more of a suggestion. So but. would you would you rather though? I'm gonna bring this as a husband. Would you rather your husband be like looking at porn online? Heck no. Like, because you kind of put that in that same category just now when you were like, we know what you're looking at. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Like, that's why I said the maps. <laughs> but that's a whole lot better, right? Yes. Okay. But if it's still an addiction, it's like, like it's not an addiction. I mean, it's not like I just love looking at maps. <laughs> but I have to look at maps so I can figure out. Yes, but if you're constantly scrolling on your phone, it don't matter if the screen is black. If you're looking at it, you're not engaged with your woman. So engage with the family. Yes, Actual be present. Be present in the moment. Yes, because if you're sitting there and you got your computer up on your lap and we're all chilling in the living room, your body might be in there, but your mind is not. And so as present. a wife, you can, you know, that he's. And this is a not a specific example either. I mean, I do this sometimes, but a lot of the time, I'm. I mean. Our little girl's watching her show that she wants to watch. Mama's taking care of baby, and I sit there and I'll look at my maps. That's just kind of a normal evening, uh, really, a lot of the time. <laughs> What's wrong? No, nothing. I'm just looking at my maps. That's, oh, okay. That's just kind of what I'm doing. So, I you've got to figure that out. I mean, you got to figure it out. Some, some everybody's different. This is why. I mean, that book. It's a great resource. The five love languages, because your your wife's love language. Maybe quality time spent with her, which I think that's one of yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one is words of affirmation. 
Another one is gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not say that's one of your love languages, but for some women and men, uh, but we'll talk, for the sake of the conversation, we'll say women, if you go out and you buy her something nice, she'll let you do whatever you want. Yeah. If what you want to go do is deer hunting, go buy your wife something nice. I mean, you ha- it's, it's a, it's a, it's a deposit, deposit withdrawal. That's all it is. And like for my birthday and for our anniversary present, like I just said, Hey, can I go? I'm going to Tennessee. I'm leaving in a couple of days. I'm leaving on Thursday. going to go to Tennessee for three days. And I said, can I just go to Tennessee and be worry free in Tennessee? Like not you not be worried about the kids, not be worried about you. You just let me go. Mm-hmm. And you said, yeah, that was my anniversary present. And then my birthday present is the same thing at later in the month. Yes. Um, like for me, that is perfect. You know, those mm-hmm. overnight trips, those, you know, long weekend trips or whatever. Yeah. Um, the other two love languages are acts of service and physical touch. Mm-hmm. Acts of service and physical touch. And I could probably say that most of the men listening to this, <laughs> their love language is going to be physical touch. Um, maybe acts of service. That seems like they could go hand in hand sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> hand in hand <laughs> oh got it <laughs> um but seriously um the love language book it, it's a it's an incredible book you should definitely listen to it whether you're a believer in christian faith or not it will help you understand how your spouse is wired and you probably have will have some of those like voila moments mm-hmm. when you when you read a book like that what would you say mine is i don't know i have tried to think that because how do you put in a getaway a hunting trip like what is that it, it's a gift a gift yeah gift. so you like gifts yeah but then when i want to go buy you something you're like no just i don't care I, let me go hunting yeah. So I need a totally. I like quality time in the woods. Okay, not there you necessarily go. quality time together always. <laughs> I like quality time in the woods. Okay, and probably physical touch. And f- physical touch, yeah, those are definite needs. Yes. Needs. Mm-hmm. So. Do you find whenever I fulfill, your love language, that you are more. Readily. I guess you 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 you'll give more time to me. Yes. To be able to go. Mhm. And do well, thing. and I'm not like not pissed off. Right. I'm not mad about it. Cuz you're happy because I did whatever. Mhm. It's a give and take thing. It's a give and give is what it is. You give and you keep giving. You give you, 100 you give. and the other one gives 100. Mhm. Tell me something else. I love you. <laughs> Thank you. Tell me the worst that you have ever felt about deer hunting. Mm. If you have the example specifically. Like a time. I don't really have a like an actual time. It's more of like just a season. like <laughs> October through February. Yes. Um... I think when we had Henley okay, is when, girl. yeah, because I felt more 
I just had more to do. Like, there was more, and I felt like you were just leaving and leaving me with all this responsibility. And I was like, So that was an interesting thing. So that was the first year. That was when I started hunting public land Mm -hmm. was the year we – the first year uh, I really hunted 100% public land was also the first year we had her. And my original reason for doing it was to save us money for the family. (laughs) And what it ended up being was becoming like a passion of hunting public land. And it it quickly consumed me. So, so how, how are you, how, how did you feel at that point? Like, was there ever times in that, in that, during that deer season, you're like, I can't do this. Yeah, I was pissed off. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, it. I was mad. And you just kind of, because you're thinking, all this to go deer hunting? To, you know, like, in a woman's mind. Cause some, and some women love to deer hunt. And psh, that's awesome. But for other women that don't relax by deer hunting, like, that's... I just felt more weight, so I had, I mean, that's when we started, I feel like, talking it out, because we would get in arguments, or we would, and it was all around hunting, so, I just. Were there some things that you think you could have done better as a wife? I should have been talking to you more, because I bottled, like, for me, I would just bottle it up, and then I would be like mad at you and you'd be like what like you know you didn't know exactly what you did but what I could have done better right there was what we were just talking about is not being present in my mind I was at home I would work from home a lot and I would hunt a lot Mm -hmm. you know and I would think I was at home like all day yesterday I can I can leave it shouldn't be a big deal for me to leave this is still better than what 90% of the other families get to do but that was the problem. Is yeah. I was not there. I was working or, you know, looking at my maps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Any other encouraging things you would like to say to husbands or wives? Um, what I could say is... To start off every season by having a serious conversation of what the next couple of months are going to be. Um, what the expectation is yes. on both sides. Because that's changed. Because this year it changes because we have two kids. So mm-hmm. the expectation is different this year than it was last year. Right. Yeah. And so I think, I mean, we keep talking about communication and I just think you know, if if you're if the wife, if you're starting to get frustrated, if he's been gone and doing all this, and you're starting to get frustrated again, say, hey, let's sit down, let's talk, let's go back to square one and just kind of reevaluate, and then because you already know that's his passion, so you're not asking him to change. But. And husbands, you know, you know, she carries whatever load, full-time job, stay-at-home mom with I don't know how many kids. 
just make sure that each of you are on the same page and that that communication is open and that your love tanks, I know that sounds weird, but you guys are filled up because it does get a little hairy during those months. <laughs> For me, it does anyways. I'm just being 100, so. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's good, though. I mean, you're right. You're right. And this is perhaps, uh, we do a lot of tactical talk on this podcast, public land strategies and tactics and all that good stuff. This perhaps could be the very most important tactic for killing bucks every year. Mm-hmm. I know for me, whenever my, whenever I'm pissed off or I'm not able to focus on the actual hunt because I know that you're mad because I'm there. Things never really go great. Like it's always those are always the days. It's like I didn't see anything anyway, so I might as well just stay home and whatever. Mm-hmm. But when I so when I know that we're good, I can focus more on the actual hunt. I'm focused. I'm in the moment, and those are usually the days that I'm more successful. So. We're going to put this under the tactical uh, theme for deer hunting. Yes. Uh, because I think this is it is a tactical thing. It's a strategy for you. Um, you have to, pri- if you want to be good at this stuff, you have to prioritize it. And the only way to be able to prioritize it, is, I mean, Alex Comstock, what I just told you um, earlier in the Whitetail DNA video that he just did, it's that this needs to be top three to five priority in your life if you want to be good at it so if you want to be good at it and you also want to have a healthy marriage and a happy life then you got to figure out how to do that because you, you can't do both yeah you, you can do both with a balance but if one of but them is off but if there's no balance then then you're going to be miserable and it's not going to work either way or she's going to be miserable yeah yeah yeah. So, yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. I'll try to be better at some of the things that you think I need to be better at. I'll try my best as well. Don't ever give me the ultimatum. I won't. There <laughs> should never be one. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this. Um, talk to your wives. Get your wives to listen to this. Maybe they can gain something from it. Um, that would be that would be really cool. Um do not go to be like, hey, you need to listen to this woman. That probably is not going to be the the most beneficial thing for you to do. But uh, get your wife to listen to it. I think I think they might enjoy it. And um, and again, that book that we mentioned is called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Great book, great resource to um, really help you figure out you know what what are the things that you can do to make make this a little bit easier on your spouse. Mm-hmm. So. That's going to be it. If you are going to be in the woods this weekend, which I am going to be in the woods this weekend yes. for my anniversary present in Tennessee. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> if you are going to be in the woods, though, remember that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>